Welcome everybody to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast, where we give power to a name. Winter is here. My name is Demon Knight, and I cycle through the treacherous rain to be here today to record this episode with my good friends, Jade Sarson and Josh Randall. He, he did. He's not lying. He was a wet dog when he came in. It was terrible. Oh my goodness. Come out the rain. Get out, get out that cold weather. Gather around the fireplace. And let's curl up with a few nice comic books. And then afterwards, we'll do the whole point of our podcast, which is making a superhero as well. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, let's get snuggly. I'm all snuggly. I'm out my wet clothes. Josh, you all snuggly. Yeah, all, all this imagery you've been putting in makes me actually, I actually am feeling pretty snug now. Excellent. Then why don't you read us a little bedtime story? What What do you got for us? What have you been okay. reading? Uh, this week, I have been reading... Um, Pardon the pronunciation. I'm terrible with pronunciation. Ryoko Kui, I hope. Um, Delicious <laughs> in Dungeon. Oh. For starters, it's all about... Um, it's a cooking series set in um, a dungeon. Nice. And it's basically about this kind of standard RPG kind of party going down this long old dungeon to go retrieve the main character's sister, who is currently being digested by a dragon. <laughs> oh, digested. So she's mid. Yep, mid-digestion. Oof. Which is interesting because like, the whole world seems to have this thing where everyone can be brought back to life. But can she be brought back while she's being digested? Eh, we're wondering. But they don't have any money to kind of fund their expedition down the dungeon. So mm. now they're relying on eating and preparing, or preparing and eating even, monsters in interesting dishes. I'm pretty sure we had this conversation before where we realised that the correlation between an artist's age and the amount of food that they draw is like equivalent (laughs) yeah it's it's a very equal um proportion i'd Mm. say to age and desire to draw food which is weird because i started off drawing a food comic so (laughs) but yeah delicious in dungeon is a series that like kind of confuses me i don't know if it's something i'll enjoy or not well let me try and sell it to you do because it's quite an interesting series um because it's actually it kind of takes a lot of pieces from... Like, I've read quite a few cooking series. I've read, like, Food Wars, Toriko, the Bambino series, which I really liked. And whilst preparing for this uh, recommendation, I was, I was properly reminded of it and reminded how good it was. But that's me going on a tangent. What's mm-hmm. cool about the series is that it kind of takes the absurdness from Toriko. Um, whilst Toriko is basically a series about a gourmet hunter, he finds crazy things and then creates nice dishes out of them. Yeah. But when he makes it, he never really goes into the cooking aspect properly, I don't think. No. So what this kind of takes is kind of the preparation portion of th- something like Food Wars, where they go into like, oh, we cook it this particular way to get this kind of flavour out of it, this kind of seasoning, that kind of thing. And it's kind of taken it and incorporated it into this fantasy setting. Nice. Nice. So it's like, oh, these man-eating plants have got this um, thing going on. Oh, if you take out the root and stuff, then that kind of it'll bring in this kind of flavor or you need to cut off this certain part of the scorpion and it'll be really good it's kind of like grounded in its absurdity yes and it's like there's a chapter where um they go hunting a basilisk because hey i mean you know it's two types of meat it's a chicken and it's a snake there's gotta be some really good (laughs) flavor in that yeah so it's quite it's a really funny series actually i have found myself laughing out loud at particular pages of just how kind of absurd and just Hmm. it's a good series Hmm. It's a good series. That classic Josh final <laughs> sentence. I love that. St- stick it on the front of the book. It's a good series. Says Josh. <laughs> Josh Randall. <laughs> BBRP. Uh-huh. Great recommendation. Jade, 
Jade. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm starting to get a little bit sleepy in my bed after a little bit of food and dungeons, but now you gotta you gotta pee roll me into my dreams. Oh, okay. Well, how about I give you some nightmares instead? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So this isn't a horror comic, don't worry. But uh, I recently saw um, an update from a particular artist that they were getting back to work on a webcomic that has been on hiatus for almost literally a year, I think now. And um, so I thought I'd reread the first uh, chapter I have, the printed edition of, so that I can kind of refresh myself and get ready for the new updates. Uh, so what I've been reading is Firelight Isle by Paul Duffield. Oh, some homegrown talent, old poorly old boy. Yep, it's by Paul Duffield, who's an artist that I've been following for a long time. Um, not literally, but, you know, his his work is <laughs> so impressive that I've admired it for a long time. Um, mm. So a little bit about the story is uh, it follows the story of two teens in a civilization that's gripped by this mysterious religion. Um, so far in the story, it hasn't really given you much to go on, but it's very ominous. There's a lot of kind of a sense of oppression and like this whole civilization kind of revolves quite literally around this temple in the center of, um, this city. And there's a lot of kind of circular imagery, which all brings you back to the temple and hammers home that it's like the center of everyone's kind Mm. of life there. So one of the teens is from a family that dyes fabric that's used at the temple and they handle this sacred pigment. So everyone is kind of either dressed in reds or greens or browns, that sort of thing. But the sacred pigment is blue and it's this really vivid kind of indigo that just kind of leaps off the page whenever it appears and you guys know how much we love our limited color I was going to say, mm, color you say. Time Mm, for color mm, chat. Yep. (laughs) Um, so the other teen, however, is kind of abandoning their family history and they're actually going to face some sort of trial at the temple. Again, it's all very kind of vague. You only see it through the teen's eyes, but there's not much info given about why they do the things they do for this religion. Hmm. But the second teen is kind of going to join this weird cult, almost as like a monk, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so kind of their friendship is being strained because obviously they can't spend time with each other once he's faced this trial and become like a full-fledged member of this religion. Mm. Um, But yeah, uh, what really makes it stand out is, of course, Paul's art, which is stunning. Um, Mm. He's kind of, I'd almost say unparalleled when it comes to like just skill with digital art and using textures and photos to kind of just really improve his backgrounds like his backgrounds are ridiculous yeah yeah he seems to have access to like a lot of kind of um space imagery and like photos i think because he did a project for um a space research center once and he continues to use those photos i guess but he is just so clever at using them um Mm. but in this one what's interesting is he's also trying to emulate watercolors Okay. But digitally. And that's something that I think is really impressive because I've always been trying to make my digital art look more traditional. And he's mm. just, he's nearly got it. Like, there's still hints there that tell you that it's digital, particularly where there's like use of gradients and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's nearly there. And like, that's impressive. It is. I tell you what, I'm just going to butt in for a second and say also, I've seen a few pages. I've not gone into any great detail i'm so sorry paul forgive me do not strike me down with your artistic prowess (laughs) but 
also all the pages sort of form like a tapestry as well, like a big yeah. long vertical tapestry, which is just yeah. It didn't occur nice. to me to mention that because that's how it's presented <laughs> in the web format. But I've been obviously rereading the print the version, print. which mm. is just split into normal page layouts. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. Man, we could we could talk about Mr. Duffield and his incredible art all yeah, day. Yeah, definitely, I- Dean. Shut me up and tell me about what you've been reading. Hey, 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 we, we, we need to use a some sort of sleep analogy yeah, first. Bedtime, so, bedtime Dean, analogy. tuck us in with your recommendation. Uh, nice one. Between the pages, may we get tucked. I'm about <laughs> to tuck you in. Let me let me grab the quilt and really shove it over your head. Maybe a little bit more over Jade's head because <sighs> this week I've been reading a little webcomic. It's by this incredible British talent again. Um, she does these really nice colours in all of her artwork. This uh, nice little webcomic that's been going both in print and on- online for about six years now. It's a little comic called Cafe Suada. Wait a minute, what? By <laughs> Jade Sarson. That's cheating. Sarsen. I don't know what you're talking about, Jade Sarson, but this uh, Cafe Suada comic by Jade Sarson is just <laughs> sublime. can't believe you're doing this. <laughs> it's all about a tea house and a, co- tea house and a coffee house. And now he's fluffing the intro. What the oh. hell? What, my, my sales how, how long have you my- had to prepare for this? Man, we probably had like a thousand cu- customers of thought, but we'll just like bump into us. And I recited this perfectly, but now, of course, being recorded. It's about a tea house and a coffee shop that are next door to each other. And of course, sparks fly when Geraldine, our uh, protagonist, a tea mad workaholic, she, of course, has a competitive side, but she is um, up against on the coffee side of things. Mr. Mr. Ewan, who is very tall, got a nose the size of a Himalayan mountain, <laughs> very dashing, very cocky, very sure of himself, and they really they go at it. And then maybe they're going at it. There's a little bit of romance as well in them coffee beans and them tea leaves. Well, and let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why I fell in love with the comic is because of just the the pages the pages as works of art not only are all the pages tea stained so they've got these really beautiful autumnal tea hues nice browns nice oranges but also the the layouts just have so much thought and like narrative thought put into them so um it's a mix of mediums almost even even though i know jade does it all digitally i practically watch her do it <gasps> 10 hours a day Revealing the magician secrets. <laughs> and Shazam! We recorded this weeks ago. Um, <laughs> but, like, you'll see the mug stains around certain very important plot points. You'll see uh, panels sort of break and flow and just... Oh, it, I could talk about it all day, really. And as I said, you've, if you've bought it at a convention around the UK, you probably have heard me talk about it all day. But unbiasedly, I do very much like it and... You should definitely check it out. thermit.co.uk. Google Cafe Swat. It's it's so good. Can't believe you've done this. This is going to be really interesting when, potentially, if Jade, if you do the recommendations this week, are you going to be recommending your own book? Oh, God. I, no. <laughs> I Every Wednesday on our Twitter account, at BBR underscore podcast, uh, we do post pictures of all of the comics that we recommend so you guys can have eyes on with them and not just ears on with our descriptions 
So check that out. As we mentioned, Jade, I hope you like bigging yourself up. I mean, I have to. It's my job. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm, I might be able to do it next week. but we'll Good. Have to I'm see, having a week we? off. This is fair. <laughs> you were saying about peeking behind the curtain a minute ago. Well, frigging, we're, we're throwing back the blinds right now. <laughs> but let, let's draw them back a little. Let's pull the blinds back and I got to ask you guys something. Do you want to be a superhero? Yep. Do you want to be the basis of one of our superheroes? Not you, Jaden Josh. Oh. You lost that chance as soon as you became hosts. But I miss <laughs> being a hero. Remember remember Frogmoth and, and Holly Deadline? <laughs> or when you well, and I Dean were villains. Yeah. yeah that, that was a beautiful time. Oh. But to our audience, you can be the basis of one of our superheroes if you leave us an iTunes review. Just go onto the service, leave us some nice words, a, a nice chunky five stars, old buddy, old pal, old friend, and we will take the name that you leave on there and use that as the basis for one of our superheroes. So you too can be a superhero. You can. We, we, we promise. We, we super duper promise. In fact, speaking of superheroes, I use that segue every week, but I don't even care. Speaking of superheroes... Shall we make a superhero? Yes, and Josh? please. Yes. I'm all tucked in now. I've had my bedtime stories and I'm going to dreamland. Here we go. So it's funny you should mention about being a superhero again, Jade, because <laughs> I've got a prompt this week that is very much in line with what we did way, way back in episode three. If you remember our girl, Holly Deadline. How could I forget our best character? Sidetrack. Oh, I was no. going to say that the origin of our best character was yeah. decided in that episode. How can I ever forget it? We're, we're not talking about sidetrack. God, we're so early in as well. I'm talking about the whole prompt where there's no random number generators, there's no lists, there's just X characteristic and Y characteristic. I saw this on Facebook. I'm not going to lie. It's a whole tag your friend, comment below. But you know, sometimes... Good things can come from bad places. Facebook is bad. But this prompt is... Well, they call it your stripper name, but I'm kind of... Good Lord. Okay. I don't know. So it says here in this one image, your stripper name is the color of your underwear and the last thing you ate. Comment so I can laugh. Crying laughter emoji. Who would like to go first? I might need to nip out and get changed. (laughs) Oh, that's that's very uh very forward of you, Jade. I'm just saying you you've picked something that I don't have access to. I am in pajamas recording this. There you go. How's that for pulling back the curtain? Okay. Well, I too am in pajamas. But you chose that's... the worst prompt for this <laughs> week. <laughs> what color are your pajamas, Jade? Yellow. And what was the last thing you ate? Last thing I ate curry. Yellow curry. Hmm. Mm, yellow curry. Not a hundred percent feeling that, Josh. What color is your underwear? Uh, I'm colorblind, but uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's gray. It's a uh, black and blue. Black and blue. And what was the last thing you ate? It was a Viennese whirl. See, oh, see now see, I'm feeling that black and black and blue whirl could be quite good. It sounds like a boxer with like eight arms that just spins. <laughs> Can we have two matcha hairs in the same in two weeks? I don't know. Um, as for myself, my, uh, see, I have Marvel superhero pajamas and they are, oh, ma- wow. they're mainly uh, Iron Man curry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. My incredible Hulk 
pajamas has come up with green curry. <laughs> it's pretty boring. No, they're mainly white. Uh, and the last thing I ate was uh, I ate a chocolate mousse. White mousse. White mousse. White mousse. White mousse. Hmm. hmm. I mean, that's almost like a psychic to green hyena, almost. I think black and blue whirl is the best bet. I think let's let's push all of our chips onto black and blue whirl. But I will also so, say, well, I think we should keep, as always, keep the other names, you know, in the pocket. Because you never know mm. when we might need, like, white moose to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God I'm not wearing any darker shade of <laughs> fucking underwear if we or need pajama. Some, if we need some really lame villains as well for background material, yeah. then yeah. we've got yellow curry and green curry. The terrible duo. <laughs> what would yellow curry's power even be? Who knows? Let's talk about the hero. That's the, that's the point of the episode, isn't it? Yeah. Is that we... Oh, wait a minute. That's what we do. <laughs> Welcome to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. Give powers to a name that we come up with in the episode. Anyway, who is Black and Blue Whirl? I kind of like this name a lot because not only is it nice and open, but it also has enough restraint for us to sort of... See, a lot of people say you should think outside the box. I disagree with that. I think you should look in every fucking corner of that box before you even take one step outside and this is what this name allows in my creative opinion okie doke i'm not sure i if we want to go with a similar theme to like last week's episode but you mentioned like boxer has got me wondering about do you remember like action figures that have like specific actions with like (laughs) toys you know it's like can you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, like the ones the way you like squeeze the legs and they spin around really fast. Yeah, by the way. Well, I was thinking, can this black and blue world maybe have some sort of weird spinning arm power? Let's go even further back than that. Is black and blue world a toy or an action <laughs> figure who is also a superhero? I think that's the, the more pertinent question here. Well, if they were a toy or an action figure, wouldn't they be too small to deal with any major problems? Not if they can communicate with other toys a la Toy Story see maybe that's where Toy Story missed out they didn't really push the hero aspect of Woody and Buzz enough so we're kind of talking more like small soldiers imagine good (laughs) yes okay imagine good small soldiers right well actually wasn't Um, there one of the um, wasn't the small soldiers it was the Gorgonites Gorgonites yes thank you sorry I had had a chip hazard figure so I, I wasn't on the side of the Gorgonites. I was on the Tommy Lee Jones side. Did you really? I didn't know I mean, you could I, get those. Yeah, I, I mean, I had just this big old blocky chip hazard. I had like a little rocket launcher on his arm. <laughs> Are you telling me your chip hazard didn't have a munitions chip inside its head? I'm glad he didn't because he was massive. Yeah, he he was like a big, like a eight, ten inch old figure. Yeah. Um, but wasn't there a Gorgonite that could actually spin just as a tangent? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And he fucking, I think... Was he the one that got wrecked and they kind of repaired him using radio parts? I can't remember. I'm sorry, my, my memory of small soldiers kind of dwindles. I think Kirsten Dunst was in that movie. That's she was. Pretty she much was. It. She beat up her Barbies. That's our superhero connection. That's it. Yeah. She's, she's Mary Jane. But maybe Black and Blue World is a toy. May, or maybe they were born from a toy. I like the toy connection because, like, I can... Black and Blue World... Saving the day. He spins Wait, by the hold waist. on. You totally missed out on it. Black and blue whirl saving the world? world. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, black and blue whirl 
is saving the world. Okay. Now, and now we play the meta game. Now we play the game where we decide if we want Black and Blue World like, as a toy that came to life, or maybe he was marketed as a superhero from the get-go. Maybe I was going to say, actually, can it be a toy of a hero from a comic book? Uh, how, okay. how deep does the, like, the rabbit hole go that potentially this toy who somehow gains sentience sees his origin story played out in comic book form? See, see. We're playing the Buzz Lightyear here. Yeah, and while yes. we're at it, his best friend is a Woody doll, and let's just rip everything <laughs> off. Jade, it sounds like you're not too into the toy idea. It's not that. Oh, but uh, no, th- this isn't. Um, this isn't too much like Buzz. This is more of a. He knows he's a toy, but he's right. decided to almost become hmm. inspired by himself. He's okay. not delusional. He's not delusional. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah, you've been you've been quiet, Jade. What's going on inside that uh, little little noggin of yours? I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I just keep replaying weird moments from Small Soldiers in my head. Um, hmm. yeah, it was weird, like with all the Barbies and shit. Yeah, I guess I'm just wondering, like, how effective a toy can be at saving the world. Like, as much as I, uh, you know, am a self-professed Toy Story fan, and I adore the stories that, you know, take place in those films, they're, they're not exactly world-shattering stories. No, they're it's, not. They're very kind of centralized on a very small area. What if, okay, what if a toy became a man? Let's go from Toy Story to Pinocchio. What okay. if the toy, right, he's all small and whatnot, and he reads up about uh, the character who he's based on, and he reads up about how he how he came to be, and he saves all the people, he saves all the all the children, all the people, and then one day he gets struck by lightning, or maybe, or maybe he gets experimented on, or some kind of event causes him to actually turn into like a fully grown man, and then he can become the superhero he so desires and is probably based off of. Is he still made out of plastic? That is a key question. Is he still made out of plastic, Josh? You can't throw this back at me. Um, <laughs> I'm throwing this back at you. This is All a right, I'll veto podcast. this then. Uh, if he's just a giant version of a doll, then yes, he's still made out of plastic. I mean, that could give him some cool superpower opportunities. If he's made out of plastic, he's going to be more durable than bone and flesh. But we also know but his would, weakness but is would fine. would he, though? Yeah, I was going to say, like, plastic... Turns out cheaply he's made. <laughs> it turns out he's like a, a friggin' like four hundred dollar hot to- hot toy or something. And he's, no, yeah. maybe that's oh okay. Now I'm in. Now oh. I'm in. Okay, maybe that's his thing. Is maybe that... he's more collectible than an action. <gasps> maybe he wants to be an action figure, but he's like a collectible figure. He's like a statue. That's cool. Then just steamroll me, whatever. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Were you gonna say that? Were you, did you have no. I was going to say he was very, very cheaply made. He was like the prototype for a new, way cheaper throwaway toy. Oh. And so, yeah, when he becomes life-size, he's constantly falling to bits, but he wants to live out his dream of saving people, so he has to keep repairing himself, you know? Yes, okay. I like your idea better, because you don't want no hoity-toity action figure being a superhero. He might, like, scratch some of his paint off, and he'll be retreating from battle before the bank is saved. Maybe he has uh, a friend who's a toy maker then who helps to maintain him. But like he's like an old, like really old fashioned toy maker. 
So he doesn't quite know how to work with plastic or anything. So he just ends up like putting wood nails into him and I don't know, putting. And, and old... he always says, "You can't rush art." Because <laughs> <laughs> I think Jerry. you're just talking about Jerry, aren't you? Well, I was thinking. More... <laughs> I was thinking more small. Just soldiers. polishes his boots. <laughs> yeah, for for those uninitiated, that was a. Uh... In Toy Story 2, there's a guy called Jerry who comes in and fixes Woody's arm. He's also from the short after Toy Story called Jerry's Game, where he plays mm-hmm. chess. It's, it's all it's all very good. But see, I only say about the the toy maker. And he could be anything. Maybe maybe it's a young girl. Maybe it's uh, a, a, an old man. Maybe it's uh, a middle-aged something else, you know? It doesn't matter. But if he's going to get broken all the time, he's going to need help. That's all I'm saying. Where could he get help from? Any takers? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Is he sorry? Is he still? Is he human size now? He's yes. human size. Yes. God, that's gonna be difficult to find enough plastic. Well, <laughs> not unless you're. Uh, how about this Hispanic lady who's just taken a gig as night security guard at a gigantic toy warehouse? Oh wait. Oh, I thought you meant a, a different kind of toy warehouse. I thought you were gonna like what, really just straight up like things. Toys R Us or something. No, not that kind of toy. What? <laughs> not the different. Yeah, I, kind think, of... I, think, I think I think Dean's being smutty. <laughs> Holy shit, that's better. No, that's way better because then there'd be like silicon parts and everything. It's re- resilient. Oh, oh no! What, what have I done? <laughs> oh this, no, this is really good. Okay, I'm leaping on this. She's still taking like a night security guard job there though. At a sex toy factory yes where i'll I'll be careful in terms of leaping on that if i were you but um tisk in any case (laughs) (laughs) okay slippery sliding right along into uh (laughs) be be careful with that (laughs) i think we could potentially have two backup characters then because maybe she like helps this toy soldier like when she first comes across him it's like they they form a friendship and she's like I'll I'll do what I can but I I'm not sure I don't really know what I'm doing. Well, of and course, like he's gonna help secure the premises. Maybe he like there's a funny story where he's like, oh my god, this is a toy factory. I must defend it with everything I've got. But, <laughs> but he's like, not realizing what kind of toy factory. Yeah, the security guard's like, okay, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who's gonna steal all this stock and set it on, but thank you, thank you, Black so and then, Blue World. So then. After a few mishaps and adventures together, he he gets a really bad injury. So much so that like he, he's missing an arm, I guess. Hmm. Um, and they can't figure out how to attach a new one. And what does she attach to it? Well, that wasn't where I was going with it. I was going to say you could introduce a new character. Oh, okay. oh but okay. Let me let me let me continue because I like I'm how on a as roll. soon as we as soon as we like. Bring in sex. Jade is all like, no way, hold on, I got this. I, I, I got some ideas now. <laughs> I'm a simple woman with simple tastes. Listen, when they try and find an arm to attach, a light flicks on, and there is the operations manager, the head honcho, this sexy older woman who's like, what the fuck's going on here? And uh, she, she kind of, here's the story, here's the spiel, and she's like, yeah, fuck it, why not? I want to help out. You'd be good for testing out some of my new ideas excuse me so she gives him this arm and he's like oh wow yeah this is a normal arm and then like an attachment like just comes out of the hand or something oh my god so we've gone from like 
a toy sized toy superhero to fucking sexy Inspector Gadget. <laughs> there you go. Yep. What? Who's going to publish here this? Is done. No, you no, you got to come back and take responsibility for this shit now, Jade. Okay. Fucking, you can't, you can't just sex up and run. Well, you gotta help me. All right. So we're never gonna get this properly published ever in a month of Sundays because it's a children's <laughs> toy who becomes a sex toy. I didn't say that. I mean, we kind of heavily, heavily I implied that. I just said various attachments start coming out of the limbs that this head honcho decides to test out on him. And he just thinks, wow, cool, new gadgets for saving people. I kind of feel like we're going down more of a million dollar man route than hmm. toy. Like, we can rebuild them. We can make them stronger. But he's still made of plastic. Yes. That's the yeah. thing. And silicone. So he has weaknesses. So our sexy inspector gadget now has life. It has a team. Headquarters as well. A see, I'm half tempted to give him a romantic option now, but I'm nervous about (laughs) what this romantic option might be. You've got two of probably many weird choices. You've got another toy that comes to life, which could be well, one or the other type of toy, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Or you've got a real human woman or man or anything, or you have a real human being. That comes to life, and wow, that has a lot of other implications as well. Hmm. Let's feel. Let's push forward a little bit. Maybe the the romance will come. Okay. Whilst we're kind yeah. of on that, have we decided on how they're going to come to life yet? Because I've kind of got something I might want to have a have a little play with. Do it. Take the play doh. Okay. In terms of the origin, I don't know, but because we've still got a uh, well being from a comic book, yeah. Yeah. Can the love interest from the comic book? Can a toy of them come to life? also mm. but become a villain i like that oh good twist good twist josh thank you nice follow through the other thing i was thinking about is potentially having the artist of that comic book base the love interest for the superhero off the artist's own girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever so that would be another twist but i think i kind of like yours better Maybe we could still combine the two ideas. Yeah, and then... both could happen because the character could come to life and they could come across the wife of the the real-life creator. Yes. Nice Ooh. nice clash, Josh. Nice clash. Can we have the um, the team who obviously put together the comic come in as, like, consultants for the support team? Yes. <laughs> so, like, yes, when they're trying absolutely. to, um, like, fix them, they can kind of be like, oh, no, no. This is this is a good idea for what they should be doing with their abilities and stuff. You can't do that. That's not in his character. Yeah. He would you... never choose this. And then he comes in. I will never do this. <laughs> yeah, so so obviously the main writer is another woman because that's how it works with, you know, male superheroes. They they're usually written by entire teams of women. Just pause for a sec there. <laughs> It took me a little bit, but as as is Josh, I'm loosening my collar as we speak and uh, <laughs> staring awkwardly in another direction. Getting sweat on my pop shield. It's getting a little little male in here. I mean, uh, hot, warm in here. <laughs> in any case, I think that's a great idea. Yes. I think another good plot point might be how real life Black and Blue World diverges from the comics and the fictional in- I guess, in fiction, fictional character of Black and Blue World, where the toy might gain some nice development. Like, he learns about the real world, and maybe he becomes a little bit more... He has a little 
injection of grey into his black and white ideals, mm. you know? We could, we could do with some sort of like, oh, you are, you are who you choose to be kind of message. Like, he keeps yeah. on getting like put into this mould, eh? Because it's a toy. Um, <laughs> of what he should be as a hero. But like, mm. the more that he's changing and he's finding that his situations and like what how he is a hero doesn't conform to what everyone else thinks he should be. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. Good. We're adding some depth now. Could it be that the comic book character was like the first time I heard the name Black and Blue World, I was picturing someone that was just like it. It was like the sensation that this hero left you with after they'd beat you up. Hmm. You know, so they were a very violent hero. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe our Black and Blue World is actually like. They, they wake up and they're like, yeah, so so my purpose is to save people, huh? And they are like the least violent person. Like, if they have to be, they're a bit like, um, I guess, Millie from um, uh, Trigun. Trigun. Mm. You know, like, she's, she's really nice and considerate and she only gets out her ginormous gun when she has to. And even yes. though she doesn't really hurt anyone. So Black and Blue Well, the giant toy, is more about the ideals and the... How would you describe the attitude of being a hero? Yeah, the the saving the kitty from the tree type, not the punching the villain type. Well, yeah, because they would see violence and whatnot, and they would be sort of, well, why do we have to use violence? Mm. I don't understand. And the writer's like, no, you got to. I wrote you in the 40s when everyone was punching people. You, you got to punch people. To-. He Apparently, he's created by female Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to punch people too. Excelsior and all that. Can they maybe try and use their ability of spinning arms as like more of like a intimidation thing? Because for yes. some reason I'm thinking uh, yes. of... Because we're all about references today. Um, mm. Futurama. Uh-huh. I seem to remember there was a robot. I can't remember if it was Bender or not. My, oh, <laughs> who was it? <laughs> there was a, an episode where like um, Fry did that, where he thought he was a robot. So he just yes. like... <laughs> I remember. There we go. <laughs> just proceeds towards uh, Roberto, like, yeah, yeah, spinning his arms, etc. Yes. Okay, that's what I was thinking about. Can they try? <laughs> Something along those was, lines, maybe. I was thinking along those lines as well, but like a bit more childish. You know, like when when a kid whirls their arms or kicks mm. their feet like in a circle and they're like mm. you're not coming any closer to me because like this is an impenetrable wall of hers oh jade you're like this i have a friend at work who calls that windmilling yeah that yeah that, that is the word is, is it because there's yeah. a, a there's another thing i associate with the word windmilling <laughs> no that's <laughs> which i suppose also works for black and blue well isn't, isn't that helicopter <laughs> yes so you got like the uh uh sex toy head is just like give him the windmill and he just turns to him like, what kind of windmill are you talking about? And then she's like, your kind of windmill. And he's like, oh, cool. And he just fucking well, fires up the old uh, propellers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, I, Second episode in the row where we've completely confused Jade in the first 10 minutes. And then we just... <laughs> but the confusion is just us pouring gasoline on the <laughs> idea. And then I just fucking spark it off. It's good to have you aboard, Jade. Uh, you're welcome, I guess. Um, so coming back villain. to this, yeah, this villain. We need to get back to her. Oh yeah. Um, so the villain is whatever the fuck. We can't use my name for it. Actually, yes, we can. White Moose. Fuck yeah. All right, White Moose. Who's White Moose? Um, used to be love interest, maybe slash sidekick 
to yes. black and blue well because that way we've got the color situation thing. Oh, I like that. Oh, okay. So maybe if we're sort of thinking that this comic that the toy's based on is more silver aging, mm. maybe White Moose uh, was more of a reluctant hero. Maybe like one third damsel in distress. So it's like, no, may- there's got to be a better way to do this. No, no, White Moose, we've got to punch him. Okay, I guess. I hope I don't get stolen by a monster and then threatened with my life. But in the, when her toy gets turned into like a proper big thing in the real world, quote unquote, then she's like a very violent, very angry, very outwardly projecting supervillain. You know, maybe there's that contrast going on. Much like there's a contrast between the idea of Black and Blue Whirl and the reality when he becomes a, a super toy. Maybe there's the same thing for her as well. Could she also have an aversion when she realizes that he's been outfitted with certain <laughs> extras? There, there's got to be a reaction. Yeah, there's got to be a like, big reaction. She does she like hate her comic book origins? Then, like, is she rebelling against them? Maybe she thinks more of the comic book origins is pathetic. Yeah, yeah so she doesn't want to be like you know, treated as, as an object by anyone ever again. Literally, like a toy. Oh, okay, right, no, even better. You mentioned the, the special word of the day. The word is object. So maybe in the comic, she's more objectified and she's more of a, a thing than a character. Then mm. when she becomes a big super toy, then she's like, no, I'm, I'm me and I'm going to prove it in the worst way possible. And so she's very violent because we mm. have to yeah. have that to oppose Spin Mr. it around, Nonviolent. yeah. Spin. She's white moose. Hey. She's got uh, knives for antlers. Um, she's a very stabby supervillain. Maybe she sharpens her. See, but you're going for yeah, you're going for the animal, aren't you? Yeah, but I actually ate a m o u double s e. You know, and it so was is, delicious. Is, is her powers more that she's almost like gelatinous or quite <laughs> quite airy in terms of consistency? It's like she gets punched, but she kind her of plastic's just... more like Stretch Armstrong. <gasps> there you go. <laughs> Did I get you? Was that, was that a good one? <laughs> Just like a floppy, doppy, fucking super villainous, like, oh, God, I'll get you. Like, her, if, if she has antlers as well, as you've been saying. I'm, I'm struggling to picture. I'm just picturing a woman with antlers. Yeah, that's all I'm picturing as well. Like, okay, so her antlers get all floppy. I mean, she's especially a silver, if it's hot. She's a silver age woman. She isn't going to look much different to every other silver age woman <laughs> in fucking comic books, is she? I suppose not. But she, she is Jade, yes, she is like a stretchy toy, uh, maybe not porous, but she's got that kind of very flexible plastic, maybe a cross between Stretch Armstrong and that kind of sludge that you can buy. That's apparently popular again. I heard people like... Well, like flubber. The- yeah, like yeah. Like potty putty thing. Potty putty, yes. there we go. Pot- that's the one. Why you so squeeze it in her farts? Maybe you can have like a joke where she stands on a newspaper and she just trails ink everywhere or something. But see, thing is as well, that's also quite a sexy thing in certain circumstances as well. Hmm. There's a whole slime thing, which I know is a thing. Cause oh, I thought you were going thing. more for like the kind of bondage approach. You know, they're, they're all very into, well, not all. Sorry, that was a generalization. I mean, <laughs> some are into the sort of kind of slippery clothing. You know, mm. the latex that's really hard to get into. Oh, and oh, fucking flexibility as well. Mm-hmm. So this comic is a, a horrific contrast between children's toys and the sex. 
We got a good villain now. We got a good villain. We got a good want, superhero. Can I say I want the villain to have a happy ending? Because woe betide anyone to say, like naysay mm. her not wanting to be objectified. <laughs> yeah, that'd probably be a bad like kind of lesson if at the end of the day she just gets defeated and that's that. Basically, like, d- for her don't to just... speak up. <laughs> Yeah, Put back for her, in her to place. leap out of her comic and be like, you know, I'm just tired. I want to beat people up. I get it. We we all <laughs> want that sometimes, but it's not the answer. Okay, well, then no. H- how should we solve this then, Jade? Mm. Josh, we solve this because uh, what's Black and Blue World learning? He's learning not to be so violent. Mm-hmm. She's learning to become more violent. But then maybe other forces are trying to get uh, Moose to stop by using violence and that sort of pushes her further you know it starts a um oh what's it called when like a vicious circle kind of thing yeah it's like a cycle it's just retaliation after retaliation it's getting worse and worse and the only person who can really see through it or the only person who has the bravery to really step forward and try a calmer approach is black and blue well the super toy is that how he kind of stops the confrontation potentially between this force and white moose is by just kind of splitting them up by just twirling his arms around in circles. Yes. Please <laughs> Stop. Say that. That's not his first encounter with her though because I imagine the yeah. first encounter she'd presume he's still the same old same old black and mm. blue whirl. Yeah. So she'd just immediately be well, like get the fuck away from me. At some point I'd like it if um I don't know how we'd incorporate it especially like this is me thinking okay we've turned this comic this superhero into a comic from the comic. That wasn't worded properly, but you might guess what I'm meaning. Um, I got you. I'd like a couple of scenes that they have together to reflect what happened in the comic book, but not quite. Oh, of course. Of okay. course. So, I know like, what you mean. the end, it could reflect some... Right. I... Let me pick this up. So, yeah. of course, they're fighting, and um, maybe there's a bit where I'm going to separate this by saying the Silver Age comic and the fight. So, yes. in the Silver Age comic, you've got the maybe... Uh, Black and Blue Worlds fighting his uh, arch nemesis, who we haven't really decided yet. And then Vanilla Moose is on his arm like, no, you have to stop. Please stop this. But then in our comic, in the fight itself between Vanilla Moose and Black and Blue World, stay with me, folks. uh, (laughs) He's grabbed her arm as she's trying to fight against him. And and he's saying, no, you've got to stop. You have to stop. Mm. And then maybe a few panels happen. There's some wonderful... A dialogue where they come together and they share their um, worldviews with one another. And then the final panel of the comic, the Silver Age comic, is a white moose on the arm of a black and blue whirl. And he's like, oh, and the day is saved once again. And she's like, oh, my hero. Oh, black and blue whirl, you are my hero. And in the fight, maybe she's grabbed his hand or something or... or He's pulling her up off the floor, and she's all like, you really are a hero, black and blue whirl. Something corny like that, I don't know. That's just the same scene, though. It's not, it's different. There'll be rain, it'll be dark, it'll be grimy, there'll be shattered plastic everywhere. I think it would have to be... I don't think it would be as triumphant as that. Like maybe no. it could be a bit more sad, like she'd just kind of be frowning and not really looking, me- looking him in the eyes. Well, like... it'd be more like, well... You're a hero, you have your place here. I don't have a place here anymore. Maybe a little bit more bittersweet. Oh, and he could like invite her to to help fight crime and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but maybe she doesn't want to fight crime. What does she do then? I'd tell you what she does. 
she hmm maybe she works at the sex toy company because she's just a sex, a sex toy now no but then that'd be objectifying wow, yeah, her no, what Shit. the fuck where did that come from <laughs> oh, I, was, I was just trying to put two and two together and it created bad why, why okay, can't rewind just, could it just be like a simple thing like they just suddenly start working together well i mm, the thing is like he's not going to fight crime anymore because he's not going to be violent maybe they do community service wait, 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 wait he does fight crime he's just not a violent yeah have you <laughs> okay. this whole episode is just in the toilet okay he's not like bad at fighting crime he just doesn't do it violently there are okay. other he, ways he's not excessive anymore. problems right and maybe he invites her to not be excessive as well. And so maybe she's like, I, I'm just, I thought I was cut out for this, but I'm not. I don't really know what my, my purpose is. I don't, I don't want to be on your arm and you don't want that either. And they both realize that like they're not attracted to each other or anything yeah. like they were in the comic. And Maybe um, she sort of goes to find herself then. Maybe she has to sort of learn who she is and she can't do that with him around. If well, I, be- I was oh. going to say, couldn't you just go back to, if we literally rewind right up to the point where you said the dumb thing, and then just mm. before that, you said, what if she goes to work at the company? Mm. Like, she's into she's into violence. There's a very specific subset of kink <laughs> community that's very into that. Oh. She could design shit, and, you know, and occasionally she'll be a consultant, because they'll be like okay, we do need something, like a new attachment for him that's a little bit stronger. And she'll be like, I've got something right here for you. Okay, I got... I'll- they, could, they could even... This is probably going off in the right, wrong direction. Like, if she's resilient, testing? No, that's objectifying. No, if... Mm. No, I don't think it would be objectifying if she's testing her own ideas with... Oh, yes. It's her own ideas. Yeah, partners. Fine. Yes. Thank, thank you, Jade. If she wasn't literally like a dummy in a factory as well, just being like whipped 24-7, I think that'd be better as well. If someone is like, we've got this method of thing. and she's Can I like, say one thing, though? Uh, a gag would definitely have to be that she'd design some outfits and people would be like, human beings can't wear these. And she'd be like, why? I can fit into it easily. And then she just like stretches her stretch arm strong body into a suit. Can I propose a little... It's not a spin-off, but a little... Shall we say su- no, no, yeah, no. Go ahead, go ahead, Dean. <laughs> Bad. Shall we say a supplement? Because hey, hey, listener, come, come here, right? You've come to our store, and we're selling these really cool black and blue world comics. But if you say the magic word, if you say the the secret password to us, and the password is uh, toy boy, then <laughs> we've got a little bit of a secret, little secret zine for you. And in that zine is a, some very Ooh, some smoky illustrations of white moose and black and blue whirl. Really? Shall we say testing their new bodies? Shall we say working for the company? Wink. Okay, yeah. All right. I guess they, they'd just be like, black and blue whirl, you're not saving the world today. Can you come and test this new product? And he's just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, both of them together. That's what I'm saying. They go and test the stuff. There's no romance. Oh, Oh, you don't want them to be romantic then? Nope. One night stands? I'm saying that they test stuff. Like, you can do that without having it be romantic or anything. Oh. As long as they do it, I don't mind. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to us talk about toys that come to life and become sex toys that fight crime. The way she gets him to, to come in to do any testing is, you've saved the world. Can you come save me for a night? 
Oh, oh, oh. And he, he, his arms start whirling uncontrollably. <laughs> they whirl out of the off screen. <laughs> and like she tries to throw the quilt over him, but does, does it end on a windmill joke? <laughs> yeah. Oh, time to increase the RPM. <laughs> Thank you all again so much for listening. Um, that was Black and Blue Whirl and White Moose. If you could do us a few favors, I mentioned at the start of the episode about giving us an iTunes review and becoming a hero. Well, guess what? I said that then, still holds true now. If you leave us an iTunes review, not only does that help us as the show grow, but it also helps you gain pretty sweet superpowers in the form of us yammering and making them up for you. You can also leave us a a star rating on there as well. Also, I don't mention that. You can also leave us reviews on various other podcasting applications whether you're using an Android phone or if you're on a computer listening to this, just go ahead, like us, please. It's all helpful for us. And hey, if there's more people liking the show, there's more people you can talk about it with. Just just putting it out there. And also, there's just plain old word of mouth. Let someone else know about us. Um, just ask them if they've heard of us. Give them, give them a nudge in that direction if they like character creation or even like role-playing. Not that kind of role-playing there. Although maybe they're also... Like us, if they're into that role playing as well, I'm not judging. If they're like into comic books or if they make comic books and they're look, looking for something to listen to while they make them, Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast. They, those guys are pretty funny. Can I just point out that I've just realized that like, I, was, I was beating myself up for a second for dragging your toy ideas down <laughs> into the gutter, but the prompt was your stripper name. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. And we made two sex toys. Hey. Hey. I did it. Hey, we did it. We, no, we did it. We did a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, oh, before I uh, bang out, uh, if you want to talk to us about comics, uh, superheroes, anything, sex toys, we'll even talk about that. At BBR underscore podcast. Get in touch with us. Follow us. You'll get updates. Um, you'll see Jade's art and see us talking about, talking about new comics, comics on new... Yes, naturally. <laughs> on New Comic Book Day as well. So here's up from there. And now, now, that's all that's left for me to say is that you have been bitten by a radioactive podcast. I am White Moose. I'm Yellow Curry. And I'm Black and Blue Whirl, I guess. You are the hero, Josh. Oh, I've waited so long. You are also a literal sex toy. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Nobody objectify him. Stop that. Stop that. Thanks a lot, guys. Gonna whirlwind out of here. Hello, it's everyone's favourite sex toy superhero here, Black and Blue Whirl, here to deliver the credits for the Bitten by Radioactive podcast, which is hosted by Dean McKnight, Jade Sarson, and Josh Randall. It's edited by Dean McKnight and Josh Randall. Don't forget that you can become like me, Black and Blue Whirl, if you leave us a cool iTunes review. And also, if you think we've maybe missed a beat on Black and Blue Whirl, or any other other heroes, you can contact us on BBR underscore podcast. It doesn't have to be critique. You can just uh, get in contact, say hi. Uh, if not, that's fine. We'll see you next week for another episode.